today. I hope you've been enjoying these podcasts and I'm glad you're here. And we're going to just spend a few minutes together today and we're going to study God's word. We're going to see what he has for us and we're going to be encouraged. We're going to just feel like we can do this today. So my question today, I always like to have a question and my question today is, are you staying on track? It's not the speed that you're moving, but the question is, are you staying on track? We're going to get back to the basics today. You know, life is changing um, very quickly for some. For some of us, it seems to be a little slow getting back to normal, whatever normal will look like. But um, we are definitely going to be seeing change in our life. And um, sometimes when change happens, if we don't have a good firm foundation in our own life, we can get just discombobulated, I think is the best word to describe it. And I have found myself needing to get back to some basics and to help myself self to stay on track with what um, the Lord wants me to do, what I know I need to do. And every once in a while you feel like you get derailed and you need to get right back on. So um, I was thinking about a story when I was doing a devotion last week for myself. And in that devotion, I really felt compelled that the Lord was reminding me that I need to slow down and uh, to rethink what I'm doing and to watch what I'm doing and to walk slower, but more steady. And I was remembering a story, I don't know if you remember the Waltons back in the, I wanna say it was in the 70s, it was aired and um, there's repeats now and again. And the dad on there, John Walton was a, a steadfast man. He was somebody you could count on it. The whole little town that they lived in in the hills of Virginia he was the man that if there was a problem in town, people would go to him. And he ended up, um, they graduated high school back in his day and there were I think nine in the class and years later wanted to have a reunion. And the venue they wanted to have it, everything just, nothing was working out. So what did they do? They called John and said, John, what are we gonna do? We want our high school reunion and we have no place to do it. So he offered his home and back you know, then it was uh, very, rural area and um, on top of the mountain and they thought that would be great. So here they are sitting after the dinner of the reunion and they're all sitting around the table and they're all thanking John for offering his home and what he's done. And, and maybe you've seen this episode. It just really stuck out in my mind because as they went around the table, they all thanked him for just who he is and what he's done. But the one man that he graduated high school with was now a politician and he had a great job he had the car, he had the money, he lived in the city. He had everything that most people would say the American dream. He had it all. And here's John still living on the same mountain that he grew up on. And the school was a mile away that he would have attended. And, you know, nothing much has changed. He's raising his kids and doing life, just doing normal life. And this politician who was someone that graduated with him said, you know, I'm very jealous of you. He said, even back in high school, I found myself always running to catch up to you. And you were always at a steady, slow walk. And he said, even now I have everything I could want. And I feel like I'm always racing ahead and I'm trying to catch up to you, but you're still at a steady, slow walk. And maybe some of you don't quite get that story. You might have to think about it for a minute, but it really stuck out with me that, um, you know, he was just steady. He, his walk was consistent. He didn't change, he didn't trip up, he just kept going. And some of us, if you're like me, are always running around trying to do the next thing or do this or do that. And 
sometimes that's not really helpful in our Christian walk. You know, if I went to my son, my um, oldest son has been involved in triathlons. And uh, if I went to him today and said to him, now, Graham, I've been out of shape for over 20 years. I, I you know, I can't even walk. I'm huffing and puffing. I'm not, I've not been eating right and not taking my vitamins. But I'll tell you what, you have a triathlon coming up in just a few weeks. I'm going to join you. I'm going today, and I, I've made a decision. I'm going to go jog eight miles. I'm going to ride my bike for six, and I'm going to go over to the pool and do several laps. And I'm going to do this every day. I'm just jumping in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in that triathlon with you. He would probably look at me and say, um, you're probably going to have a heart attack. I think you need to go back, Mom, to the basics and take it slow. And you need to start off with maybe walking a half a mile and then build on that. You, okay, you've gotten to a half a mile. Now let's bring it up to a mile. And mom, every time you get to a certain level, then you want to add on to that. Because if you jump in right now and you just say, I'm going to do it, you probably have set yourself up for failure. And um, I think a lot of times in our walk as Christians, that's what we tend to do. We get off track. And then we dive back in and I'm going to do this and this and this. And we make a list and we're going to be this perfect Christian. I'm going to do it today. And we've set ourselves up for failure. I want to take a minute and look at two men in the Bible. And we're going to look at their lives and see what they can teach us today. We're going to look at King Saul and David. So in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 through 14, let me read it to you. It says, And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be the commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you to do. Hmm. So let's look at Saul for a moment. He started off well. God used him in the beginning. If you go back, and again, we're not going to go into the full story. It's quite an interesting story. You definitely want to check that story out. If you haven't uh, brushed up on that, or maybe you've never even read that story, go back into 1 Samuel chapter 13 and read even a few chapters before that, read about what's going on with Saul and how David ended up in Saul's kingdom and what's going on there. And, and oh, it's fascinating. But anyways, again, Saul did start off well and God did use him in the beginning. But then all of a sudden through his walk and through his journey of being king, he pretty much let it go to his head and uh, he thought he knew better. So he started making choices on his own and kind of got derailed, let's just say. And in the end, it ended up that God had to choose another man to continue the work that he actually had picked out for Saul. Hmm. So he had to get someone else to do the job. That's a shame. Now let's look at David. David started off well, and God used him in the beginning. And there were times when things did go to David's head and he made poor choices. If you've ever studied the life of David, Many people would say, why in the world would God say that this man is a man after his own heart? He was a man of war. He committed adultery. He had someone murdered. 
there was a lot of things in David's life that were not good. But you know what? He finished well. Every time David would get off track, he would get back on track with the Lord. He'd go back to the Lord. You can read in Psalms many times where David is crying out to the Lord. And his heart was right. You know, we don't have, if you took Lynn Wilson's life and you laid it out in a, in a book for all to read, my thoughts, my actions, my sin, even today, all the little things that I did that no one would even know about. But David's life was written out on a piece of paper and we can see all that, but my life is not and neither is yours. And it's easy to say, well, look at all the things David did. Have you ever looked at your own life? His is probably nothing next to mine. Now, I haven't killed anybody or set anyone up to be murdered or anything like that, but it doesn't matter. Sin is sin. God doesn't look at it that you've got a big sin and you've got a little sin. The whole point is that we've gotten off track and we've lost that connection that we've had with the Lord. You know, if you look at David, what an honor for God to look at him and say, a man after my own heart. I don't know if I could even handle the honor if the Lord looked down and looked out and said, Lynn Wilson is a woman after my own heart. What an honor that would be. I would really, really think that his walk with the Lord went beyond anything that we even know in scripture for the Lord to look at him in that way. You know, there was, during David's time, there was a lot going on, but he was sensitive to God's heart. He was a man of prayer. Yes, he was a man of war, but he was definitely a man of prayer. He communed with God. He sought after God's direction for his life. David also knew about worship. And I have to say that's, that's one thing, that, um, or I should say one area of my own life that I struggle with. Worship is something I don't feel I have fully grasped yet in my walk with the Lord. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, I can watch some of our staff members that, are gifted with um, some of our musicians here. Two in particular I'm thinking of, and when they sing praises to the Lord, you can tell they're worshiping their God. I haven't quite reached that level yet, but I'm working on it. But David knew how to write a song and praise the Lord. If you look in the Psalms, there's many Psalms that are songs. And that even today that we sing in our own local church, we sing some of those Psalms that we've turned into maybe a more updated version in a song. But David knew how to worship the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants our heart. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to love him. He wants us to turn back to him. Don't ever feel that ah, I've gotten off track and there's no way I can get back. Absolutely, 100%. At any moment of any time, no matter what you've done, the Lord is waiting for you. You know, we just had a, a conversation with my son, my oldest son, um, this past weekend, and we were just talking about, you know, raising children. And, and uh, I said to him, did you remember when you were younger and that we always told you no matter what you could have done, the doors are always open at mom and dad's house. And we never want you to feel that there's something you did that you could never come home and tell us about. Granted, it might be terrible. It might be something that, you know, would catch our breath and we didn't need to take a moment. But I never wanted him to feel that he couldn't return home. Home is where he needs to be. We're his parents. We love him. We love him more than anyone else on this earth could ever love him. 
maybe next to his wife, but outside of that, to this day, he's married, he's in his 30s. He knows that no matter what, mom and dad are there and we will love him and we will walk through whatever it is he needs to make right. And if there's a situation that he needs to confess to the Lord, that's between him and the Lord. And then after that, we'll support him and love him and be there with him. Well, if I feel that way toward my son, can you only imagine our heavenly father who's saying, Lynn, you messed up, but I'm right here. Like, just come talk to me. We just need to have a conversation with the Lord. Prayer shouldn't be scary. Prayer shouldn't be something we can't handle or we can't do or we don't know what to do. You know, sometimes the worst part of it is just that first few words of, I messed up. And then after that, it just kind of spills out of your mouth. If, it, if there's a time, even right now, if you need to pause this for a moment, pause this and say, hey, Lord, I need to make this right. I need to get back on track with you. Um, I need to make things right so that I know the purpose you have for me and where you want me to go. Now let's go back and just look at these two men for a moment. See what we can learn from this. Just like both of these men started off well, maybe you've started off well in your own walk with the Lord. Maybe you're in the same situation. Yeah, I started off great. And God used both of these men in the beginning. And God probably used you in the beginning as well, just like me. And then all of a sudden, we kind of get off on a tangent. Maybe we got a little jealous of somebody else. We kind of like what they're doing in that ministry, but we're over here in this ministry, even though that's the one God called us to, but I really like the one over there. Hmm. And we get off track and we start doing things on our own. You might be so talented in that area. You might be in... The, the perfect position over there would suit your personality. Last week we talked about three women in the Bible and what were their qualifications. Maybe you were so qualified for that. But you know what? God did not ask you to go there. He asked you over here. And just like Saul, God had a job picked out for Saul. Now, was he qualified? Was it the perfect position? You know, we could all have an opinion on that. But it doesn't matter. God told Saul to do this. And Saul went off on his own. So God said, okay, David, I'll use you. But Saul missed out on an opportunity. Have you missed out on an opportunity where you could have served the Lord? We're not always in a place that is comfortable. We're not always in a place that we like. God's not trying to do that to make a point of like, I'm going to put you where you don't like to be. But maybe there was something we needed to learn in that position so that we can move to the next position. I know in my own life, there are times I went through something, you know, it's like hindsight's always 20-20. And I look back and I realize if I hadn't had that experience and had to work with those people or whatever the case might be, I could never have handled what I'm doing now. And that was really tough for me and I didn't like it. I was uncomfortable. And I kept praying to the Lord, you gotta get me out of this. But sometimes too, it's, you have to have a willing heart. If you're telling the Lord, here's my whole heart, but I'll, I'll give you only half of it if you put me over there. You can have the whole heart if you put me over here. That's not what he wants to hear. He wants your whole heart. He does want to give you the desires of your heart. He's given you talents and abilities that he wants to use. They are gifts that are unique unto you or he would never have created you. I always think of that. God would not have created Lynn Wilson and given me gifts and abilities and talents 
if he could not use me. Otherwise, he, he would not have created me. There's no purpose in that. But if he created me with my gifts and abilities and talents and my qualifications, if you want to say, I must have a purpose. But he needs my whole heart for me to understand the will he has for me, the direction he wants me to go in, and so on. And like Saul, maybe we've gone off and did our own thing, and God has now called somebody else in our place. Maybe you're at a point in your own life that way. So where do you stand today? Where's your walk with the Lord? We're talking about basic 101 Christianity. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the, um, I'm a good Christian and, and I do this and I do that. And we become very prideful in how many chapters we read a day or what devotions we're doing or what ministries we're involved in. And it, it, it's great if you talk about that you're in ministries and people can be encouraged by that. But when we let it get to our head and we get, you know what I do? That's not a good place to be. Do we need to turn back to the Lord? Is it a time in your life where maybe you've been walking on this journey, but you've been racing ahead? You've been running. You're trying to do a triathlon when you're not even ready to walk a half a mile. Maybe it's time that you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Um, maybe it's time that you need to pray more. Maybe it's a time that you need to just praise more. Maybe it's a time where you need to reflect more. I know there's some days in my prayer that I feel like, you know what? I'm not even going to ask for one thing. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to thank the Lord and praise his name. There are days I just feel led to do that. I, I just need to, I might need a bunch of things that day and I might be having a really rough day, but then I start off talking to the Lord and I just feel like, nope, I don't need, he already knows what I need. He already knows all that, but there's a time where I need to remember who he is. He is the King of Kings. He's my savior. I need to take time to thank him for that and truly understand the awesomeness of him and rebuild that relationship with him so that I can almost feel like, just like I can touch these flowers, that I can touch him. You know, there's that time where you want to feel that closeness with the Lord. And there's times where I have felt like he's left the building. He's not, he's not near me. Yes, he is. But I have been disconnected with him. And maybe you need to just get back and start praying, like I said, maybe just reflecting on him. Maybe it's reflecting on him through scripture. Maybe it's reflecting on him through some praise and worship. You know, just like in a triathlon, like I talked about, if I'm out of shape, I can't take something that big on. There's no way. It, it's impossible. I have set myself up for a fall, no doubt. But I can start slow. I can start with that half a mile and get to the point where I got this covered. Then I get to the half a mile, got that covered. And I can build on that to the point where maybe, maybe I'm not meant to win a triathlon and you know, do however many miles in the bike and miles in the jog and the laps in the, in the uh, pool or the, the river or whatever they do. Maybe that's not what I've been called to do, but I've been called to run a race. And the Bible says at the end of our life, we want to finish well. And if we're always tripping and picking ourselves up and falling again and picking ourselves up, then you have to brush yourself off and you've got it, all those bumps and bruises. And why do that? Why set yourself up like that? Why not just walk slow and steady? Just like when other people are trying to catch up to you and they're rushing ahead, but your walk has been so slow and steady and they just never seem to be able to do that. It's because their own walk is not right. 
I remember when I was a, uh, a kid and, and uh, we had a missionary <clears throat> come to Sunday school. And he was telling us about, there was a young man over where he was a missionary. And the young man came to him and the missionary was working in his garden. And I'll use this as an example. And this dirty old bucket was kind of off to the side in the garden. And this young man came up and said, you know, we'll call him Pastor John. Let's just say, Pastor John, you keep teaching us in Sunday school about how we should read the Bible every day. But I'm reading it and I don't even understand it. I, nothing makes sense to me. And you're telling me to read this and what good does it do me? So Pastor John wanted to give him a very tangible uh, picture of how God would work. And if you're like me, I can think like a child, no, no problem. But don't get all fancy on me. And so today we're not getting fancy. We're going back to the basics. So just like in this story, the missionary said, before I tell you why you should read the Bible, could you do me a favor? See that bucket over there? And the little boy said, that dirty one over there? He said, yeah, do me a favor. Just run down to the river and fill it up with water. I just need a little water for my garden. All right. So he goes and he goes down to the river with the bucket. He comes back and he looks in the bucket and he looks around and he realizes there's no water in there. He thought maybe he must have dumped it along the way. So he walks back to the river, fills it up again and comes back and there's only a little bit in there. Mr. John, I filled this up twice, Pastor John, and, and there's no water in here. Pastor John said, well, try, try it one or two more times. Let's see what happens. He goes back to the river and fills it up and comes back, goes back the fourth time. And he comes back. Pastor John, there's no water in here. I'm telling you, I, I did. I, I put the bucket in, in the river and the, I put water in there and I came back and it's gone. Pastor John said, what did that bucket look like when you first picked it up? He says, oh, it was all dirty and muddy. It was, it was not nice looking. How does it look now since you've been down to the river and filled it up with water? Well, actually, it's... It's nice and clean. There's no mud on it. The inside's nice and clean. It's all cleaned up. He said, you know what? It's the same thing when we read God's word. He said, that bucket had a hole on it. So every time you went down and you filled it up, just like we do when we read scripture and we spend time with the Lord, he fills us up. But then as we go on our walk and we go through our journey, it goes through us. And we might have times where we're feeling empty and we've got to go back and fill up again. But you know what? Our bucket starts out really, really dirty. But we go down to the river. We ask the Lord to fill us up, whether it's through prayer, through praise, through his scripture. And every time we go back again and we go back again, every time that living water, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, flows through us, it cleans us out. And we can be as clean as that bucket. I probably heard that story when I was five years old, and I have never forgotten that. That, wow, to have a dirty life but to read God's word and to spend time with him and have him work through my life and to pour through my life. And he would clean me just like that through his word, through prayer and through time with him. I think that's a pretty cool story and something practical that maybe you can remember in your own walk. Are you, are you off track today? Have you lost sight of where you need to be? Do you feel that you're out of the will of God? Do you feel like Things just aren't right. You know, we are changing. The pandemic is coming to a, a uh, slowness now and many states are open and, and hopefully New Jersey will be opening more and more. But you know, anytime there's change, there's an upheaval, emotional, 
physical, um, spiritual. We're going to be going back to church and we're going to be going back to, you know, things will look different, but we're going to go back to normal schedules. If you have not been on solid ground with your own personal walk with the Lord and all of a sudden your schedule is busy again and you're running the kids here and there and you're having to go here and go there and get back to work and now I have, oh, I got that phone call. I forgot I had to text her and I got this ministry I'm involved in. But if your walk is not back to the basics, you will trip and you will fall. Why not get back on track today? before things change, before things go back to whatever normal is. Make sure your walk is slow and steady. Make sure your prayer life is right there. And prayer doesn't mean just in the morning and just at night. There is nothing in scripture that says how long your prayer should be. It says we should be praying always. Throughout the day, just talk to the Lord. There's times when I'm in my car and I'm at a red light and no one's with me. If you look over, you're probably going to see me having a long conversation. I forget that people are looking. My time in the car is my quiet time when I can talk to him and there's no distractions with phones ringing and people at home needing things. I like to spend time with the Lord and there's times it's just, Lord, help. That's it, Lord, help. He hears our cry, he hears our plea. I wanna also tell you too, don't feel like you need to be this perfect Christian and read 15 chapters when you get done with this podcast and, and I'm going to do what Lynn said and get back on track. Listen, some people can only handle one Bible verse a day, but you can take one verse and you can dissect that verse. You can meditate on that verse all week. You can ask the Lord to take that verse and apply it to your life for the entire week. Learn something. If you can learn something from one verse, don't worry about 15 chapters. You're not in a marathon. We're on a walk. And if your walk starts with one verse, that's great. If your walk starts with one chapter, that's great. You're not in competition with anyone else. This is a walk between you and the Lord. It's not a walk between you and everyone else in your church and all your friends. And if they're bragging about all the wonderful things they do, great, let them brag. You don't need to worry about that. You need to be concerned about your walk. Don't be like Saul who had started off well the Lord was using him and he got derailed and did his own thing and then God had to choose someone else. Be the person that started off well, that the Lord used great in the beginning. Even when they tripped up in sin, the Lord was right there when he returned back to the Lord and got things right. Be that person that God can look down on and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Be that person that God can say, that is somebody after my own heart. What a joy and what an honor to feel that sense of peace and um, security that you have in the Lord that I've done well, Lord, I'm serving you and I feel good. If you've ever served the Lord on a day and you know you did good, you're not walking around bragging about it. It's usually those times that it's very quiet, peaceful in your own heart. You know you did good and you can sense the Lord's presence in a way you've never felt before. If you haven't felt that in a long time, I challenge you to get back on track. Take the time today and ask the Lord, what do you need me to do? How do I make this right? Just start with one verse, build up to a chapter, build up to more if you need to. Don't set yourself up for a fall. And if you have never even got on the track with the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted him as your personal savior, what are you waiting for? Call us today, 
Thanks for stopping by and I really look forward to seeing you all next week.